Welcome, friends, to Let Me Tell You a Story. This is uh, Evelyn Martinez, and so happy that you are here uh, for this uh, podcast today. Uh, we are continuing uh, talking about uh, Jacob's life and all these real-life experiences that he had. It was just uh, incredible. And uh, the last uh, podcast, we talked about he arriving at his uncle's village and um, meeting up with his uh relatives for the first time and falling in love with Rachel and committing to work uh, to working for his uncle for seven years with no wages um, but getting Rachel as his wife at the end of the seven years so now the seven years are passed uh, you know and he goes to his uncle and say hey I worked for you for seven years that was the deal um, please uh, give me uh, Rachel's hand and I will marry her immediately so they agreed to that, and voila, it's the wedding day, a celebration of love, commitment. Uh, Jacob was so happy. Uh, imagine, I, I imagine that maybe he was thinking about perhaps his mom and dad, that it was their idea that he would get a wife from his uncle's house, and um, they could see him. They would be so proud of him uh, for his uh, work ethic, for... Um, the woman that he was marrying because uh, they desire that type of woman uh, for him and the fact that he was so in love with her and um, so today is the day that he gets to get married and um, his uncle through a big feast he invited the whole village I mean every single person was invited and um, there was a feast, uh, all you can eat, all you can drink. Uh, there was great joy. Um, his daughter was getting married. Everybody has, was having a good time. And as part tradition, um, at dusk, the veiled bride is presented to the groom and they go off uh, to the honeymoon suite and they start the honeymoon night and, you know, how joyful that is and so he goes on um, to start his honeymoon with his uh, now wife and um, everything's I suppose went great a lot of love and uh, in the morning the morning after the wedding of course you know when he took her to the honeymoon suite everything was dark so it's the first time that he gets to wake up next to his wife, his new wife, his bride, and um, what an experience that is, you know, the first morning that you wake up next to this person that you are in love with and that you married, and he looks at his bride, and lo and behold, it wasn't Rachel there, um, it was actually Leah, her sister, remember her? Leah was the older sister to Rachel, the one that had the, you know, eye problem, and because of it, nobody found her attractive. I mean, um, defining her by um, the disability is so diminishing and probably so anxiety-inducing and so depressing for her. But anyways, uh, Jacob got the shock of his life and he, you know, like, what happened here? Like, what are you doing in my bed? 
So in his shock and in his rage, um, he ran to confront his uncle. And he goes, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? You know, Laban, his uncle was actually, he was called a trickster and he was totally unfazed. I mean, he planned the whole thing. He was not surprised, obviously. So he says, um, well, you know, it's traditional to marry off the oldest daughter first. So come down, finish the honeymoon week, and next week you get to, you get to marry Rachel too. Um, so Jacob went along with the plan. I mean, what choice did he have? He really wanted to marry Rachel because he was in love with her. And uh, so he did, he went along for the week and at the end of the following week, he just married um, Rachel. But as tricks go, I think the whole family must have been on it. Think about it. Rachel, the presumed bride, never told her groom, Jacob, of the switcheroo. Leah, who you get an Oscar for her flawless performance, went the whole nine yards without revealing herself, which is no small feat for a woman that couldn't see straight or much in front of her. We just discover that Leah had uh, a very steely spine and a strong character, but I wonder about Leah, about her heart, you know? For her, it was most likely the humiliation, the shame, and the rejection. She knew all of that. She was acquainted with it intimately, um, having lived a life of pain and rejection. Uh, she couldn't work like her sister in the field for the family business because she couldn't see very well. And when you, she, didn't, she wasn't wanted, um, by the guys in her village as a bride because of her disability. She wasn't a woman that was sought after in any way. Um, and the only thing wrong with her was, you know, that she had a disability in her eyes. But that um, rejection, that reduction to this one thing really strips you from your self-worth. Uh, it makes you doubt your life purpose and it traps you in a spiral of misery and discontent. She most likely view a marriage as a weight out of that place as, so she can have her own place in, in her own family and belong somewhere. Except that the way out of her life that she had was through deeper humiliation. Um, I imagine also that she was the attack of the town. I mean, the whole village witnessed the wedding. They all ate and drank and sang and danced and had the best of time. Um, and now everybody's talking that, oh, we actually didn't go to Rachel's wedding. It was Leah, the one that got married and the groom didn't even know about it. I mean, she was the talk of the town, um, but at least now she had a husband. She was a wife, finally. Even though her husband was in love with her sister, he returned to complete the honeymoon week. 
And for her, I suppose, that was a win. In a week, her sister will soon become Jacob's second wife. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time Rachel has come second on anything. Leah was now Jacob's first wife, and that was a fact. And he owed her his duty as a husband. It was a humiliating triumph, but it was a triumph nevertheless. And so she is now a married woman, and you know, she's a little bit miserable um, because her husband is now married to her sister, the one that he really loves. And in that situation, he says that God saw her. The Lord saw that Leah wasn't love. He saw everything that happened to her in public and in private. He saw Jacob's heart and there was no love in his heart for Leah. And the Lord wanted her to feel loved. He cares about that. He cares about you. Are you loved? I'm wondering about that. Is there love in your life? So he saw her in her anxiety, in her frustration, in her humiliation, um, in being a wife that wasn't loved at all. And he set out a plan to help Leah get rid of the misery she was feeling and living in. So he enabled Leah to conceive to get pregnant and have a baby. And first baby was a lovely boy. He was uh, Jacob's first child. And she named, she named him Reuben. And the reasoning was, um, is because the Lord has seen my misery. She felt that this baby, rightly, was a blessing from the Lord because he has seen that she wasn't loved and that she was living in misery. But didn't stop there. The Lord not only did that for her, but he made room for her to get her heart healed up. For, for at least five years, the next five years, her younger sister, Rachel, couldn't conceive. But during that time, Leah um, conceived, she had five beautiful bouncing boys. That time and space allowed her to get healed up. She had, she had more children after, but these first five, these first five babies, these five years, allow her the time and the space to get healed. And you know, healing takes time. It's a process. The deeper the wound, the longer it may take, and it's a process. So with the first baby, she got healed up a bit, you know? The love of her first child, and. Uh, the conditional love of a baby when he sees mom 
and the bonding and the love that she felt for the baby as well. And then um, the joy of seeing Jacob with his firstborn and the three of them being a family in his own right. And then another boy and another boy and another boy. And, and through it all, she was hoping, well, he will love me now, you know. My husband will love me now because I'm giving him more children, I'm giving him more boys. And by the time that she had the, fi the fifth one, um, she realized that it was the Lord doing it for her. She said, I will praise the Lord. That was enough. Her love tank was filled. Um, she didn't have to force anything. She didn't have to demand anything from her husband that he couldn't give her. Because, you know, the Lord cannot force anyone to love you. He will not do that. Everyone has free will. But what he would do is, is to supply you with the love you need to be out of your misery. And it doesn't always look as a complete one-on-one -on -one replacement, one-to-one -one replacement. You know, uh, it was not like, uh, you know, all of a sudden he had to turn Jacob's heart around to love her. It doesn't work that way because he will not break the free will. But he um, supplied her with unconditional love um, for ch of children and fulfill her life. And all this time, her sister, um, who's trying very hard to have kids and has the love of her husband, um, is not able to have children. One of the things that moved me so much about Leah's life um, is that he's a girl uh, from a village. Uh, she didn't seem very important because of a disability, not going anywhere in life, and yet God saw her and she was important to him. And he completely changed her life and in the most remarkable way. And he put her ahead of her sister. And if you have suffered humiliation and setbacks and feel that nobody sees you, nobody cares for you, nobody values you, uh, nobody understands your true worth, this should be um, encouraging for you because um, the same way that, that the Lord saw Leah, he sees you. The same way that he cared for her, he cares for you. The same way that he um, put together a plan and rolled out a plan to make sure that her heart was filled with love and not misery, he'll do the same thing for you, exactly the same thing for you. He would find a way of filling your life with so much love where misery will not have room anymore. He'll give you the time and the space to get healed up. The time and the space that you need to turn that page in your heart uh, and come out of that misery. Um, you know, there are many reasons uh, why we may end up in a situation where we feel stressed and anxious and miserable. But you know, he didn't take in consideration that Leah contributed to her own misery being married because 
she decided to trick Jacob. He didn't use that against her. So if you have full of excuses, if you are full of, full of excuses that he won't do it for you because you contributed to your own pain and your own misery and you made a mistake and you did this and you did that and whatnot, um, the same way he didn't use it against Leah, he's not going to use it against you. Just go to the Lord and talk to him. Tell him how you feel. Confess what you've done. Repent if you if you sin against him or did something wrong. Sinned, and, you know, just repent. And he's wonderful to forgive and um, accept his his restoration. Accept the way that he's filling your heart and your life with so much hope and love and encouragement and life. You know, I imagine, imagine um, five boys, one after the other, five little kids from five to newborn, screaming, laughing, playing, you know, so much life, so much wonderful life, um, so much love, so much goodness. Uh, that's, a, that's a great kind of busyness. And her husband comes home, and the boys are there, and they're running around, daddy, 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 and their family, and and they see the personalities coming through, and the way they relate to each other, and she gets to raise them, and um, and they're a gift from God. They're truly a gift of love from God. And isn't that something? You know, it took five years and five boys for her to get to this point, but the Lord never stop giving her what she needed until she was healed up in her heart. The Lord will continue to bless you over and over and over and over. No matter how much it takes, no matter how long it takes, but he wants to make sure that he will continue blessing and loving you, providing love for you until your heart is completely healed up. So I invite you to open your heart to this truth, to open your heart to the love the Lord is supplying to you, the love the Lord is bringing your your way, the love the Lord is bringing in your life. Um, I had relatives that couldn't have children. And one of my grandma's sisters, and and um, you wouldn't know. Uh, because they were not miserable miserable about it. They were really joyful because they opened their big house and their life and their hearts and they adopted in one way or another completely or just helping out um, every niece and nephew and friends, kids and everyone that needed a home. And they raised so many children. They raised so many um, as their own kids and some others they helped raise. Uh, teaching them different things, working them, working them at their house, and looking after them and their children's children. And um, by the time they passed away, um, late, late age in their nineties, they were so blessed. They had such a full and loving uh, life to each other and to all the children uh, they raised or helped raise. So, would you open your heart to the love the Lord is bringing your way? How? you can just weld in your misery and say, well, you know, 
I want a loving husband, I don't have one, but there are other ways that he brings love in your life. Um, would you be open to that possibility as well? And would you be open to not only receive it, but rejoice on it, Re rejoice in it and, and accept it and, and delight in, you know, and just let your heart be full of joy and love because he wants to do that for you. I'm so happy that uh, you join us on this episode about Jacob got married and got two wives. Um, and I'm going to continue on uh, with so much more. So if you can join us again, I would love to tell another story. Please give me the chance and come back. And this is Evelyn Martinez. Goodbye for now. <laughs>